0: On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are back in action tonight to take on the Anaheim Ducks. I'll go over a full preview of the matchup and talk about what the Hawks need to focus on in order to get back to their winning ways. I'll also discuss which Blackhawks players I think are going to be traded before the deadline, which is now officially less than two weeks away, and what the Hawks also could garner in return. And then to wrap things up, I'll also go over the latest rumor, from Frank Cerevalli on goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury's future. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, March 8th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of this episode, then please be sure first to go and follow the podcast. It'll only take a quick click of the button and it'll help me out tremendously. You could also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. Go and rate the show with five stars. And best of all, it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. It's all absolutely for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And If you're not already watching the video version of this episode, then please be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Each and every episode from here on out, folks, is going to have a video version to it as well. So if you haven't done so already, please go and show some support to Lockdown Blackhawks. Go and subscribe, smash the like button, and also go and turn on the push notifications so you can know exactly when the episode is posted to YouTube every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you for tuning into another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks and for also making the show your first listen to start off your day. Uh, And to start things out this morning, folks, I wanted to open up by getting into uh, the Hawks matchup later this evening against the 27-22-9 Anaheim Ducks. But before I get into all the good stuff, I need to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by RockAuto.com. Go to RockAuto.com right now to save both money and time while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. All right, taking a quick look at the Blackhawks meeting on later this evening at the United Center. This is going to be a 7.30 p.m. Central Time puck drop. It will be on NBC Sports Chicago for all those curious. Uh, but this is going to be the second of three meetings between these two teams here this season, and the last came back on January 15th, not all that long ago, which resulted in a 3-0 victory for the Blackhawks behind a 30-save shutout from good old Mark andre Fleury. But starting off in net for the Blackhawks tonight, nothing official out at this point. I'm recording well before the morning skate, uh, but I would probably have to imagine that you know, with the next game for Chicago coming on Thursday up in Boston against a pesky Bruins team, uh, I feel like this is all setting up for Kevin Lankanen to probably get the start here tonight if I had to imagine. That would allow Flurry to be back on that, be ready for uh, that tough meeting on Thursday up in Boston. That's just the way I would do it if I were calling the shots. Uh, so I do think we are probably going to see Lankanen here tonight this evening, and that would be his third start back since returning from a hand injury. Uh the first, of course, was that crazy game against the New Jersey Devils, where the Hawks picked up an eight to five victory. And then the second was back on Saturday afternoon where the Hawks lost four to three to the Flyers. But in those first two meetings, since returning from Lank uh for Lankanen, I should say, he has already given up nine total goals. And overall on the season, in his 13 total starts, he's given up three or more in ten of those. So uh, it's been a tough year for Lankinen for a couple of different reasons. Um, and if he is back in net, like I expect tonight, um, we'll see if Derek King see, uh, feels the same way that I do. But, you know, I, I feel like this would be another good opportunity, like Saturday was uh, in Philadelphia for Lankinen to start getting things in the right direction, especially if he's going to uh, be the starter down the stretch if Marc-Andre Fleury does wind up getting traded um, but as for the rest of the Blackhawks lineup, I'm not sure we're going to see any changes here tonight from Derek King. Uh, both Henrik Borgström and Eric Gustavsson have been scratched for the last two games. Uh, and I think for Gustavson, even though the Hawks had a really poor third period defensively and for that minute 31 sequence in the second period as well, um, even having kind of a shaky defensive performance, you know, <laughs> Gustavson, I, I don't really think uh, he's going to be a solution to fix that problem. So uh, I probably do expect Eric Gustafson to be a scratch once again here tonight against Anaheim. But for Henrik Borgstrom, I just feel like, uh, of course, missing the last two games as well. uh, I I feel like uh, Kinger would probably like to be giving him another opportunity here sometime soon. Um, So I I could see Borgstrom jumping back in tonight. I definitely think he has a chance, but the real question is, Uh, I'm still not sure who he'd be replacing. You know, maybe Mackenzie Enwistle, who hasn't been doing a whole lot since getting bumped up to the third line with Brandon Hagel and Kirby Dock. Maybe Sam Lafferty, although I've thought he's been pretty darn good here as of late. So uh, we'll see uh, if Borgstrom does, in fact, wind up drawing in or if he winds up getting healthy scratched for the third consecutive game. <clears throat> but for the rest of the lineup, what I am interested to see tonight is uh, what's going to happen with the top two forward lines. Is Alex DeBrinkett going to be on that first line with uh, Patrick Kane and Dylan Strome, or is he going to remain on the second line with Jonathan Taves and Tyler Johnson? And the reason I'm interested in this is because last game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, King elected to load up with Dabrinkit, Strom, and Kane on the top line for a good portion of at least the second period and a majority of the third. So, uh, And also, Jonathan Taves I thought looked really sluggish in that last game on Sunday. Maybe Kinger wants to keep Dabrinkit there to kind of help get Taves going a little bit, or maybe he'll just say screw that and load up uh, with the top line. So we'll see what winds up happening, Um, but I am really interested to see where Dabrinkit is going to be slotted in the Blackhawks lineup tonight. But taking a look at the Anaheim Ducks here, just to get a little bit more knowledge about this team. Um, As I spoke about a little bit earlier, the Ducks are 27, 22 and nine coming into tonight. And surprisingly find themselves right in the middle of the playoff race out West. If you asked even a lot of Ducks fans, I think prior to the season, uh, they probably wouldn't have expected the Ducks to be in this position. Uh, And even I was kind of taking a look at all their statistics, who leads them in goals, who leads them in points, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and one thing I noticed, you know, even when you look at this team on paper, um, it's not really a team that, that's going to stand out to you all that much. And that's not a knock on the Ducks, but, I mean, just not the deepest of rosters, really. And and when you go and look at like their, their leaders in statistics and stuff, uh, aside from Troy Terry and Trevor Zegers, who are both having fantastic seasons, it's really been a solid group effort for the most part. Sonny Milano's having a really nice year. Kevin Shattenkirk, despite his old age, is producing. Isaac Lundstrom is up there in points for them. So uh, even though you know th- this team really doesn't appear to be all that deep, they've done a really good job of finding ways to win and have uh, the Ducks sitting above a 500-point percentage right now. So um, the Hawks definitely can't, can't take them for granted. I thought they played a pretty decent game the last time they faced Anaheim, of course. Flurry stopped everything. So it's kind of easier to say that when your goalie uh, pitches a shutout. Um, But I I think it's going to be an interesting meeting here tonight between, I think it could be a very competitive game between these two teams. Hopefully the Blackhawks with their inconsistent ways will uh, be able to show up and finally put together a good 60 minute effort. We haven't seen nearly enough of that out of uh, as of late, but when you go and look at the ducks numbers, one thing or a couple things I wanted to talk about Um, they're not, really great at anything in particular. Uh, They're good in the special teams department, which I will get into in just a moment. Um, But it's just kind of apparent by their numbers and where you see them in the standings. They're just a scrappy bunch who uh, they get good goaltending and and they kind of just claw their ways to victory. Um, They're 21st in the NHL in goals per game coming into tonight. They're 18th in goals against. So middle of the pack compared to the rest of the league, basically. Um, but they do rank where they are strong, I noticed, is they do rank in the top 10 in both the power play and the penalty kill. They're eighth on the power play, six on the penalty kill coming into tonight. So I, I think a really big key for the Blackhawks, if they want to pick up a victory, um, they need to take care of the special teams department here, and they can't let Anaheim uh, get the best of them, especially on on the penalty kill when the Hawks are shorthanded. If they let the Ducks uh, power play, capitalize, um, I think that's going to put the Hawks in, in a huge deficit in what could be a low scoring game. Like we saw last time. And then on the flip side, excuse me for the Blackhawks power play In their last meeting, they went one for three Patrick Kane scored a power play goal. Uh, and that definitely helped them come away w- with that three, nothing victory. So uh, I think it goes a long way for the Blackhawks tonight in picking up a second straight win against the ducks. If, they're able to have a successful effort uh, on, on special teams, on the special teams, uh, especially uh, going up against um, a Ducks team that should be playing with some desperation, you know, being in the middle of the playoff race out west at the moment. They need to keep rattling off points. They want to keep trending in the right direction. So uh, for the Blackhawks tonight, got to take care of business. Be disciplined. Don't take too many penalties. No dumb ones. No too many men. No delay of games. Keep it clean. And I think that will uh, go a long way in them coming away with a victory tonight at the United Center. All right, there is my preview of the Blackhawks matchup with the Anaheim Ducks later on this evening. Coming up in just a moment, I am going to get into which Blackhawks players I think are going to be traded within the next couple of weeks and what they could garner in return before the deadline. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Football season may be over. But Bet Online still has way more odds and info for both pro and college hoops as things begin to ramp up. From game scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports betting here in 2022. And it's not just basketball. From the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, do not wait to take advantage of all. The amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is your number one spot, the fastest way, and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game begins. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on into segment two here today. I also wanted to be sure to get into my. Blackhawks trade deadline projections to talk about um, who I believe is going to be traded and also what the Hawks could net in return for each player. And the reason why I wanted to uh, get into this segment here today is actually because just yesterday, Scott Powers of The Athletic wrote an article where uh, he went over several Blackhawks players and kind of gave the likelihood of each getting traded in his opinion. So I figured I would be doing the same here today on the show. Uh, and I'm gonna ins- I'm going to start out with the expiring contracts, but I'm going to leave Mark Andre Fleury out of it right now because I am going to be getting into a little bit more on him uh, in just a bit here on the show, just about ten minutes. For those who want to stick around, please do so. Don't go anywhere. But starting out with the expiring contracts first, defenseman Calvin DeHaan. Uh, I do really believe that DeHaan is going to be traded here in the next couple of weeks. He's a veteran. Smart, defensive defenseman. He's got good size. He's one of the uh, shot block leaders in the entire NHL. He can be physical. He's a locker room guy, has a ton of fun at practice, brings a bunch of energy, always seems to be in good, uh, good spirits, and also has plenty of experience, playoff experience as well, throughout the course of his career. So I expect some other team to want to add to their blue line in such a capacity before making a playoff push. And I, I really do think Dehan would be a solid Second to third period add for any team who wants to get better in that department or just add another veteran presence uh, to their locker room. So I do really think Dehan is going to get traded. I'd give it 90%. I, I think it seems pretty likely, especially uh, guessing that the Hawks are, are going to be taking on some of that contract in order to help boost his value up a little bit. Um, I do think that's the way to go about it and hopefully we'll get a little bit more because the Hawks are able to do so. Uh, But if I had to guess, I think DeHaan would either be going for a third round pick straight up right now, uh, with the Hawks, of course, taking on some of that $4.5 million AAV one or 2 million, I'd guess. Uh, or I think he could also go for a fourth round pick and maybe a mid-level prospect in return as well. Uh, that would be my guess on the return for Calvin Dehan if the Blackhawks do wind up trading him, which I expect to be pretty darn likely. Ryan Carpenter is another player who is on an expiring contract for the Blackhawks. He's going to be a UFA at the end of the summer. So probably uh, pretty likely, I would guess that the Blackhawks would try to get something done before the summer. I just don't see why you'd need a depth piece like Carpenter around throughout this rebuilding process, especially at his age. Uh, and and I think one thing that not only Carpenter's versatility should garner a lot of attention, but he's got experience on a Stanley Cup run before uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights before the Blackhawks went out and inked him during free agency. And as I just mentioned, he can play both center and the wing. He also can serve a big role on the penalty kill unit as well. Uh, so I, I think someone is definitely going to be interested in adding Carpenter to the roster as well. He could be a very solid depth piece to the fourth line. Uh, but. Don't expect the Blackhawks to be getting all that much for, for uh, Ryan Carpenter. He's extremely cheap, uh, even though he does have four points in his last seven games, and I've been joking that uh, that's going to help up his trade value a little bit. Not really, no. Um, extremely cheap, uh, not an offensive-minded guy, probably a fringe player on a Stanley Cup contender. So I think Kyle Davidson would be happy to get a fifth-round pick in exchange for Ryan Carpenter, although – That could even be a little generous. Uh, The Hawks could be getting uh, sixth. I do think the the fifth round pick is probably likely, though, given uh, Carpenter's cheap AAV. The next couple of players for the Blackhawks that I'm going to mention are kind of in a different conversation than the first two because uh, these guys are both pending restricted free agents at the end of the season, so the Blackhawks would still have control over their rights. And, of course, I'm talking about Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubelik. If I had to choose one of these two guys to get traded, though, I do think Kubalik is more likely, um, based on how <clears throat> the Hawks would also have to be willing to give him a four million, at least a four million dollar qualifying offer in the summer, um, and also considering the season that he's had. It's been a relatively down year, and even last season, Kubalik was trending a bit in the wrong direction after a stelly, a stellar stelly after a stellar rookie year which netted him a uh, third place voting in the called third place in the calder trophy voting um but i, I do th- really think the blackhawks are going to try to their best to move on from kubalik at this point and one thing to consider at what i've thought about more and more with the hawks being in this rebuild they're probably uh three to five years away maybe even four to five more realistically or more potentially uh considering that Kubelik's 26 years old, going on 27 already, so uh, he, he'd be in his 30s probably by the time the Blackhawks are, would would be relative again, or at least we hope. Uh, so because of that fact, uh, I really do believe this this Blackhawks front office, Kyle Davidson, uh, is going to be do it, doing his best to move on from Kubalik at this point. And interestingly enough, according to Scott Powers in that article that he wrote yesterday, um, the Blackhawks are looking to be getting a second round pick for Kubalik at the moment. And while he has proved to be a pretty darn good goal scorer in the past, um having such a down year, I just don't really see that happening. I don't think it's all that likely that the Blackhawks are going to net a second. I'm going to guess uh, a third round pick and a mid-level prospect for Kubalik at the deadline or uh potentially even just a third. As for Dylan Strom though, um I don't know. Something just kind of tells me. I think the Blackhawks are going to wait this out. They're going to see what they have to give him in the off season, see how that whole process goes, and I think they could be interested in bringing back Dylan Strome with how good he has been as of late. Um, you know, maybe that this recent stretch that he's had—he's got 23 points in his last 30 games. Um, maybe that's made other teams a little bit more interested. Um, but I mean. I don't know. Strom really wasn't garnering all that much attention earlier on in the season when uh, most Blackhawks fans and people around Chicago were screaming to give him a legitimate opportunity because they know what type of player he is. Um, Maybe teams are more interested, but I don't know. Something's just telling me that Stromer isn't going to be dealt before the deadline. That's just my guess. Uh, Personally, I don't think Strom is going to be on the move and doesn't have to worry about packing his bags just yet. Uh, And I think the same can be said for Brandon Hagel as well. Uh, Unless the Blackhawks, this is according to a report, unless the Blackhawks are wowed by an offer, uh, Brandon Hagel is more than likely going to be sticking around in Chicago. Uh, We'll see if that happens. Maybe because of Hagel's cheap contract, the team is going to be willing to to give up a little bit more for him. Um, But unless that happens, uh, I don't think Brandon Hagel, I don't think uh, he's going to be On the move, I think the Blackhawks really like what they have in him right now. Uh, I think they'll be taking calls, but I don't expect anything to really come of that, which I know is going to make plenty of Blackhawks fans out there very happy. Uh, The last player I wanted to talk about here today is Henrik Borgstrom. And as I mentioned earlier, Borgie has been healthy scratch for each of the Blackhawks' last two games. Uh, And overall on the season really just has not meshed well here in his first year with Chicago. Uh, and with Davidson now at the helm of the front office and Borgstrom, obviously being a Bowman guy, he was acquired along with Riley Stillman and Brett Connolly in that deal for uh Lucas Carlson and Lucas Walmart. And funny, kind of funny how, uh, Lucas Carlson and Riley Stillman have become the corner cornerstone pieces of that move. It wasn't, um, Henrik Borgstrom, like a lot of people suggested. Um, and, and due to those struggles so far this year, I, I don't. I don't really think the Blackhawks are going to hold back from moving him. Um, Kinger hasn't even been using him in this kind of lost season already. Uh, And I think Borgstrom's only picked up points in like five of his 40 games that he's played, and it has not been good. He's not really displayed that size and speed combination that we were all hoping to see coming into the season. So uh, I do believe Borgstrom is going to be on the move in the next couple of weeks. There's already been a report that the Hawks are actively shopping him. Uh, but kind of like Ryan Carpenter, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of value on the market for a guy like Borgstrom, even though he was a former first round pick, not all that long ago. Um, if I had to guess, I think Borgstrom would probably get a fourth round pick or maybe a little bit more realistic would be a, a, a fifth and a prospect of some sort. There's not a whole lot of value there, even if uh, he was once considered uh, an elite prospect. Um, But I do think Henrik Borgström is a lock to be moved by the Blackhawks before the March 21st deadline. All right, there are my thoughts on which Blackhawks players are going to be moved in the next couple of weeks. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to get into all the latest news regarding Marc-Andre Fleury's future here in Chicago once again. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com right now to save both money and time while shopping for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even as much as 100% more for the uh, exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores and car dealerships have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see uh, all the parts that are available for your vehicle, from motor oil to tail lamps and even carpet. And you can also choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, The prices at rockauto.com are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers and are always reliably low. So why spend up to twice as much for the same exact parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. All right, welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment three now on the show here today before I wrap things up this morning. I also had to be sure to go over yet another report from Frank Saravalli, where he talked about how goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury could be a good fit for the Toronto Maple Leafs before the NHL trade deadline on March 21st. And of course, it has been a wild ride, to say the least, covering Marc-Andre Fleury's status in the past few weeks. Um of course, there were also conflicting reports over the weekend from our boy Steve Simmons. Shaking my head at you, Steve. What are you doing, pal? Uh, over the weekend, Steve Simmons, of course, said Flurry told the organization he didn't want to be traded. Another source told him that Flurry's still open to a trade. Um, it was all over the place. No one really knows what Flurry status is status is at this point. Um, but apparently. According to Alan Walsh, who was Fleury's agent, one of probably the most known agent in the NHL, uh, but according to Alan, all options as of right now are still on the table for Marc-Andre Fleury, so it kind of sounds like Fleury doesn't really even have his mind up made at this point, or just hasn't really spoken with the Chicago Blackhawks just quite yet. The latter, I kind of find hard to believe, um, but whether or not Flurry does want to be traded, this kind of disregards that. It was just interesting to hear Sara talk about this topic in particular, talking about the likelihood of Flurry getting dealt to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, but honestly, when listening to this conversation, um, it just more sounded to me like uh like a chit-chat conversation, like they were just, excuse my language, shooting the shit, if you will. It didn't sound all that official newsworthy. It just sounded like Sarah Valley was sharing his opinions. Um I just with this this topic in particular Flurry going to Toronto I just kind of find a, find that hard to believe right now that Flurry would want to be moving his family from Chicago up north into Toronto where of course uh the covid situation is a, a much different than it is here in the United States um you know knowing Flurry and how important his family is to him I just don't see that happening. You know, why would he be wanting to move his family into that right now? I get that he's uh, the ultimate competitor and, and wants to win another Stanley cup, but uh, his family for sure is number one in his mind. Um, so e- even though Sarah, Valley was talking about it. I find this whole thing to be a, a little bit far-fetched with flurry going uh, and getting traded to a Canadian team in particular, but it was still interesting to hear Sarah Valley talk about this situation. Uh, and also I think the the most Newsworthy and true part of this conversation was when Sara Valley talked about how a third team is likely going to be involved if Flurry does in fact get traded. Uh, because with Flurry having a $7 million AAV on the final year of his contract right now, uh the Blackhawks, they they're probably gonna have to take up at least 50% of that, right? They're gonna have to cut that number in half. 3.5, they're gonna take on, they're gonna leave 3.5 on the table. Uh, but you know, for a team to take on 3.5 million dollars right now in the COVID- cap world, it's far more likely that they'd want to split that, get a third team involved and only take on 1.75 million instead of a full three. Uh, not a whole lot of teams in contention right now have a lot of be money have a lot of money to be dishing out. So um, hearing Sarah Volley talk about that, it made a lot of sense to me. I really do think if Flurry winds up getting traded, a third party is going to be involved. Um, But another interesting part that Valley was talking about yesterday was the possibility of the Blackhawks taking on Peter Mrazek and his contract from the Maple Leafs in order to uh, kind of sweeten the return a little bit from Toronto. Uh, And one thing Valley mentioned was that, you know, he said during a rebuild, it doesn't really matter who you have in net. And... Well, I do find that to be true. It's not really going to matter who the Blackhawks are going to have in net for the Hawks next couple of years, and they definitely could be thinking uh, about adding a veteran netminder until they get into contention mode once again. But also considering the situation that the Hawks have right now and two young goaltenders in Kevin Lankinen and Arvid Soderblom, both of which are needing more NHL experience and the Hawks still have some high hopes for, now, that would be a, a pretty darn shaky tandem for the Blackhawks to head into the season. Um, but they have done that route before. We saw it last season with Lankin and Delia and Suban. That looked to be a horrendous group, but we got a pleasant surprise out of it with Kevin Lankin playing tremendously well in the first half as a rookie. Hasn't really looked the same ever since, um, but he flashed that potential at such a young age that you got to be hopeful. That he can get back to there, or perhaps even get better than that. Uh, so, while that would be a shaky way to go about things, we're in a rebuild. So who really cares who's going to be a net for the Blackhawks? But considering their situation, you might as well use these years to be ripening up your young goaltenders and see if they could be your true number one of the future. Uh, maybe something like that could happen again. We'll, we'll have to see. Uh, maybe even Soderblom winds up being the one to take the leap. He is one of my favorite prospects. In the Blackhawks system right now, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens, but um, I do wonder if Kyle Davidson in this front office would prefer to add a veteran goalie for the next one or two seasons while also Drew Camesso. Drew Camesso is is still coming up, uh, or if they would want to just stick with Lankanen and Soderblom, despite neither of those two having a ton of NHL experience, uh, just to kind of get them some more reps and see what they got. We'll have to wait and see, like I said. Um, but I did find it curious that Valley was talking about uh, the Leafs flipping Morazic back to Chicago in order to return, uh, in order to boost up Flurry's trade value a little bit in return. And if I were the Blackhawks, you'd have to think about going that route, especially if they can get back into the first round of this year's NHL draft. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Tuesday, March 8th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow Locked Blackhawks right now on your favorite podcast app. Also, go check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Go follow us on Twitter. Go show some support, please. I really would appreciate it, folks. Uh, and you'll wherever you follow, go and turn on the notifications, and you can be let known uh, whenever each episode comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast as hosts, Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the Blackhawks or to the show, feel free to email lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, go Hawks. Let's go and pick up a much-needed win tonight here against the Ducks. And thank you all again for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.